What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Perfectly Blended Podcast. We have an amazing episode for you today. I mean, you'd probably be surprised right now, but we're actually going to have guests. And yes. that's coming up when, babe? In studio. Right now. Thank you so much for joining us on the Perfectly Blended Podcast. This podcast is for blended families, for couples that want to strengthen their marriage and want a brighter future. Perfectly Blended exists to break the stigma of divorce, drop the shame and guilt holding you back, and equip marriages to thrive instead of just survive. We believe all that is possible in this life is based on the power of Jesus Christ and his ability to restore us fully. Let's dive in. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. I am one of your hosts, Josh. I'm here with the always Miss Beautiful Miss Christy. How are you, love? I'm amazing. You are amazing. Yeah. That's actually highly true. So true. we want to welcome our awesome guests that are here today, our very good friends, Hannah and Austin Sutherland. Welcome to the show, guys. What's Thank up? Thank you for having, for having us. us. Yeah, thanks for being here. Do you have anything you want to say before we jump right in? No. I'm good. <laughs> Simple as well, that? Just yeah. no, huh? Just I don't think so. I don't up, think like... there's anything that, I mean, I'm excited to have. This is the first time we've ever had live guests inside the studio, you yes. know? So we're all squeezed in here, squidged, like, real tight. So it looks like there's nobody... lots of freedom. There's really not. So though. hopefully nobody farts, because <laughs> right. that would be bad. Yeah, what do they call a Christian when they pass gas? I don't know. I don't know either. I thought it was going to be a oh joke. Oh my gosh, I thought know. you had an answer. <laughs> I don't know that joke, so... <laughs> But we are excited, right? So now we want to warn you, right? Before we get started today, uh, you know, if you have children that are around, we're really going to highly suggest that you put headphones in and uh, maybe turn the screen away so they don't read lips. But we want to let you know that today's episode really is about sex addiction. So we are going to talk about some stuff that may be inappropriate for certain ears. So we want to warn you also that you may get triggered from some things that may be related to that. And we want to make sure that we are conscious of those types of concerns. So we want to warn you before we jump in. Now, if you've experienced any of this, so you have any of this stuff that's been in your past or history or even that you're dealing with now, today is going to be such an amazing opportunity for you to hear a testimony of marriage, how God's true redemption is possible in that. So we're just really excited to get in and dive into this today. Yeah, mm-hmm. thanks for being here, guys. Thanks yes. for having us. Yeah. You know, they have three kids, so they had to, you know, do something, cage them, like... <laughs> Leash them up somewhere just to be here yes. so, uh, for us yeah. to be yeah, yeah. for us to be quiet. We put them out in the chicken coop with the chickens, so <laughs> they should be good. They're probably like that. They probably oh, yeah. would like that. Yeah. They didn't really do that. Okay, no, we didn't. <laughs> Let's be honest. All right, you ready to get started? Let's okay, I'm so excited to have you guys here. So tell our viewers and listeners a little bit about you and your party of five. They're not a blended family. No, we are not not a blended family. So we have been married, we'll be 10 years this year. Mm -hmm. We have three kids, eight, seven, and going to be three. Um, I stay home. I work uh, from home. No, I stay home and work (laughs) at home (laughs) full time. Yeah. Uh, Homeschool our kids, and we're pretty involved with our church. Yeah, Yeah, we do worship at our church. We're very involved with that. I am a journeyman electrician. I work as a manager at an electrical company at this moment. And yeah, that's and pretty they much both it. Sing. Hannah covered it pretty good. Yeah, yeah. we sing. Yeah. Austin plays the guitar. We yeah. get by. That's how we actually know Hannah and Austin is the church that we currently go to. They used to go to, and Austin used to lead worship there, and he is an absolute incredible singer. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you. He's got an yes. amazing voice. God's really gifted him with that. He should so. be famous. That's be. not true. He could be a country you, singer, though. actually. You could be. Like, you have that. Well, well, we're going to have to get to him to sing later. So we're just going to talk about that for like 10 minutes. Yeah, and then we're going to have him sing later. A little acapella. Put me on the spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we could sing your, you could sing your answers. <laughs> yeah! Let's make this thing entertaining as possible, right? I don't know how to follow it up, but I would just be like, yeah. That'd be uncomfortable. (laughs) Probably for many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just wait till you hear the answer. I'm sure it will be very (laughs) uncomfortable. Right? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So a little bit of of fill in here, okay? So everybody understands a little bit about Hannah and Austin. So uh, today we're going to be talking about sex addiction. So, And I'm going to have Austin kind of fill us in a little bit about where that all came from, but in a minute. So why we had them on today is they're a married couple, like they said, of 10 years, and they have had to deal with sex addiction, which is uh, something that Austin has been suffering with for years. And so their life has been absolutely transformed through this process. And so that's really the main reason why we want to have them on today. But why don't you give us a little history 
of the sex addiction. Won't you let yeah. us know a little bit about that? Uh, I mean, started when I was young. When I was very young, I was sexually abused uh, when I was 10. Um, and it kind of all began from there. A lot of shame around that. A lot of um, disappointment, distrust that began around that time. And as I began to grow and, you know, go from a, a little boy to a young man, you know, like you, your sexuality grows, you mm-hmm. know, obviously as you hit puberty and, and then on. And all through that time, I was seeking out behaviors to help me kind of numb a lot of that shame and the guilt that I felt over, you know, the abuse that had happened to me. And obviously, the attraction to, you know, anything sexually related, you're mm-hmm. becoming a, you know, a, a preteen and everything, mm-hmm. everything starts to ramp up. And so you go from wanting to kind of numb out a lot of this stuff that, that started innocently, and then it turns very not innocent mm-hmm. anymore, yeah. just, and you, you get hooked on the actual drug of it all. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about Hannah, that kind of led up to the point of where you started to kind of discover some things that you thought were off between yeah. uh, you and Austin in that way. So... I really did not have any idea until looking back now, there were things that had happened that I had excused away, but it wasn't until we were already married and I was pregnant for our oldest that I started to like find things on the computer, like pornography and things. And I was like, that's weird. Like I knew he had always said, well, I used to struggle with it, which is what we hear a lot now from couples. Like, well, my husband used to. And so I was saying that, like, he said he used to, It's but that's, right. like, used to, like, years ago, you know, I'm thinking. And so when I found it, like, right there in front of me, I was like, okay. And then I would come to him and, you know, we'd start the cycle. He'd be sad, sorry, remorseful, he's not going to mm-hmm. do it again. Mm-hmm. And we'd go a couple years. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't really see anything nothing like tangible like that for a long time and then something would come up or things just wouldn't add up and then it really started to get like pretty frequent in like 2018 until 2021 yeah yeah Yeah. do you got do you mind sharing any details of like really where it really came to a head uh so what got us into recovery i guess is if that's what you mean is uh yeah it finally got to the point where There were people in my life who loved me enough to say, like, if you are not willing to fight this battle or don't feel like you can, like, we're going to for you. Mm. Like, it's getting, it's getting, I don't like using the word dangerous because it makes it seem criminal and we weren't to that point, but it wasn't good at all. (laughs) Like, it wasn't just pornography. uh, It wasn't even just, like, affairs in my my support system, my family was being directly affected. And so people were like, this has to end. And yeah. you're, what you've done so far is not working. And it wasn't really like do more that they were pointing their finger at me. Mm. But it was like, honestly, I needed it. I was living, when you live with an addict who has gaslit you for so long, you start to not know reality. And I'd be like, it's fine. He said this and I would believe it. And I would try to make it make sense in my head. And so finally people, when I had been confronted by both my parents um, separately, years apart, I was like, okay, (laughs) you know, you're going to have to confront this. And so um, I did for one last time. And I just remember driving home to confront him. And I was just like, Lord, I really don't know. Part of me was like, I'm so mad I have to do this again, Mm -hmm. that I have to do this conversation again. But the other part of me was like, I know that you, I, I'm tell, I'm talking to the Lord driving home. I'm like, Lord, I know that you would tell me when it was time to go. I still don't feel that, but I know that I can't do this. Yeah, I cannot stay married like this. So for whatever reason, I got home and I walked right up to him and he was like, hey, like, how's your day? And I'm like, we need to talk. And I know that you know what it, this is about. And he did. He always did. And um, I'm like, you have until Monday to decide if you would like to file for divorce or if you'd like to go to rehab. And um, he decided on rehab. Yeah. 
So I think what's important about all of this story, though, because we went over their house the other night um, to have dinner, and we all were talking about different addictions, right? There's gambling addiction, pornography addiction, chemical addiction, alcohol, all of those things. And around this, they Hannah and Austin have their own podcast now called Fully Known that they've been talking about. But we were talking about... Um, the, the difference when it comes to dealing with something like this, because a lot of the finger pointing could go to both. So the mm-hmm. person that's suffering with the addiction has their own hurts that they have to heal from, yeah. that they're trying to cover up to not let it hurt their current family. But then the spouse, and there is women that s- struggle with this too, and sure. their husbands have to deal with this, but then the spouse that is dealing with it feels kind of like a shame ashamed like are people going to look at me thinking I'm not pleasing my spouse enough you know things like that and it's forcing them because there's a lot of judgment around that Mm -hmm. so I am really proud of you guys for embracing your journey that God has put you together you guys have been ordained to do it together and you're willing to share it to help yeah. And encourage yeah. other couples that struggle with this because I don't feel like it's talked about enough. It's I really not, don't. I think it's easier for people to share things about drug addiction. Exactly. Even yeah. about prostitution, unfortunately. I think it's easier yeah. than it is to talk about this because yeah. people look at Hannah and say, How could you stay? I wouldn't. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. So I think oh, yeah. there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. You know, and I really like how you said something about, you know, you relied on your faith, not on your flesh, really, mm-hmm. to make the decision for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't feel like God's telling me that I shouldn't be here. Yeah. And that takes a strong that takes a strong faith. It takes yeah. a strong spirit within you to lean into something like that because this is scary ground. Yeah. You know, so tell us a little bit though. You mentioned about going into rehab. Tell us about rehab. Tell us a little bit about that. So rehab was the hardest thing I've ever done and the most life-changing thing I've ever done. I mean, you go from, and there's, there's so much in between, you know, where, where you, the first question that you asked me in rehab, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> there's so much in between that. But from the time that she came to me that night, it was a Friday night and, and said that to me and I was able to, you know, I saw her get out of the van. I was freaking out. I knew she knew. But I was going to try to play it off like, hey, what's up? Can we? Can I distract you yeah. from this? And I was not able to. So she said that to me. And I was like, I mean, wow, she's really going to, we're either going to get a divorce or I'm going to go to rehab. So like it was just to come to, to actually be able to process through that for a minute mm-hmm. and uh, come to terms with the fact like I have like two days. Mm-hmm. To figure out where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do, do I want to do this? You know what? What are what's what's going to happen? So immediately start trying to find a place to be able to go. I found a place to be able to go that had beds available that was specifically focused on sexual addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, it it focused on other addictions as well if you had them, but the the, the house that I was in there was specifically for that and. I went there and I was in a a house with like 10 other guys and it was ran very strict as far as, I mean, no, no technology available to you. Like you don't get to have your phone. There's no computers, no nothing. And so Mm -hmm. you get the first week was probably, I was going to say the first week was the hardest. I don't know if that's true, but they were, each week was hard in different ways. And it's like to the first week was like a big kind of coming to terms with the fact that like, I actually did all of this stuff and I'm actually here now away from my family. I can do nothing for them. Mm. I can't um, do anything for them that makes me feel like I'm helpful. Mm. I can't do anything that actually is helpful. Like in coming to terms with the fact of like, all right, God, like I need you to fill in these voids where I can't, like I literally can't be there. And then can't distract yourself. Either. I can't distract myself either. Yeah. And then, you know, to go through a couple more days and realize, like, I have to be willing to, you know, you start talking about the 12 steps right away. Sure. They're every day. It's, you know, it's, um, it's, it's just part of the vocabulary. It's part of the lingo. And it's like, you're talking about surrendering, surrendering to a higher power. And I kind of got to the point where I think it was on like my fourth or fifth day. I would just, I just broke down. I was like, mm. so distraught that my behavior had gotten me to there, that I had destroyed my family. Because we were not assuming that we were going to, like, work out at no. that point. They, we to, knew we weren't filing for divorce that day. That day. Right. Yeah. But I was 80% it done. Was, 
it was not like if you go, we'll stay together. It was not like no. that at all. The the presumption was yeah. we're done. You go, and then there's still maybe a chance. Yeah. yeah. Well, but here's the thing that I think that is is most important. Like there there was a couple of different things that happened between the day that she told me, you know, that that I need to to look into finding somewhere, and the day that I actually left. That God really opened my eyes uh, through a couple of different conversations that we had over. Like, if you don't go, and if you don't go right now, mm-hmm. your problems are going to be so much bigger. Like, we talk about this on our podcast a lot. Like, addiction is never satisfied to stay where it's at. It's all, it always yeah. wants to grow. That's so good. It always, especially when you start talking about sexual addiction and stuff, because you, you hear about somebody who, like, has, like, molested a child or looked at some sort of, like, really taboo, you know, type stuff. And it's like, how in the heck? But when you've been in it for a little while, and if you take an honest look back, it's like, okay, I started here, sure, and then I needed a little bit more dopamine, yeah. and a little bit more yeah. fear, yeah. you know, built into a little bit more excitement. It goes from looking to then participating. Mm-hmm. E- exactly, and more it's, and more it's and more. totally, yeah. pro- it's super progressive, and it's like it doesn't just want to stay. And so when we had those couple of conversations, and I was like, she started talking about like the safety of our kids and like those around us, and I just like I had to be really honest with myself, like the people that I actually know from other recovery groups that have done these actual criminal things, like they, they at one point were where I'm at today. Sure. Yeah. And like, they didn't just wake up one day and start and start doing that. So I just like, I felt like a denial kind of fell off of me. Um, like a layer of denial kind of fell off of me in that moment. Like no matter whether we work out or not, for the safety of myself, mm. my children, for Hannah, and literally anybody mm. around me, I, I have to do this thing. That's powerful. Mm. And so I didn't go there fully under the pretenses of like, if I go, then we get to get back together. Sure. That was not Mm-mm. at all true. So I get there. It's very, 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 very hard, um, but very um, incredible. The relationships that you are making with these other people, yeah. it's like eight hours of group therapy, a day, and then one hour of individual therapy a day with a professional, um, like sex addiction therapist. Gotcha. So you're doing all this. You're you're honestly you're kind of relearning how to live life. A lot of the people that were there mm-hmm. uh, didn't really, you know, some of them didn't really re- know how to like take care of themselves very well. Yeah. It's like you're you're going from using this thing that has taken up so much of your focus, your thoughts, your energy for so long, and now you don't have it. Yeah. Now how are we going to distract ourselves? Or now, so you know, we're all like sitting there eating in the pantry together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, and I'm you know I'm I'm being kind of serious and, and kind of not like it wasn't just like we're we're all switching addictions but or anything, but we the growth that happened through there. Like I really was able to learn how to surrender. And it was very, very, very painful because I had learned to love control. If I could keep her under my control and, you know, know where she was at, know what she was doing, um, gaslight her into thinking certain ways and like all this stuff. And then like doing the same thing with myself, honestly, and helping myself feel like, I showed up at home today at the end of the day, so I'm I'm a good husband. How mm-hmm. long ago? How long ago was this? <clears throat> how long you been sober? September seventeenth, twenty twenty one. So it just it's a little bit over eighteen months sober. Oh, so yeah. this is it's similar to <clears throat> alcoholism, right? Yeah. A lot of people are under the pretense like I didn't drink today, so I can drink tomorrow, and I'm not an alcoholic. Yeah. Right. It's exactly. The same thing. Exactly. But there is a lot to unpack here, though, too, for for couples that are listening right now, too, is that something that you may not know either is Austin is a pastor's kid, right? So I think that there's a lot of people, especially pastoral kids, that that maybe have a lot more pressure on them to not be able to talk about their vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. And then also as a couple now, you guys have to work together, not just his addiction that where he's at now, but there's a lot to heal from because you were molested as a child. And there's a lot of men that aren't that, that has happened to, and they're not willing or not comfortable enough to talk, to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And we could have a whole nother podcast just with you on on that. Right. Just on how, that what happened to you the pressure of being a pastor's kid mm-hmm. um that happening to you and how that drove you to find something to fill a void in your life which right. turned out to be it could have been anything yeah yeah could, for sure. you know and it turned out to be turned out to be that so with that being said though how did you both work together because you also have healing to do from your childhood 
to work together because anything affects the marriage. Yeah. You know, you're one now to overcome this challenge together. Yeah, Hannah, take the lead on this one because I'm really curious. <clears throat> I, th I feel like your work had to be much different than, than Austin's. Not less work, but different. Yeah. So I really, my goal in sending him to rehab or hoping he, that was the choice he was going to make was that he would would do it for himself. That was my ultimate hope. I mm. did not know, though. He, I did not know what he would pick. Yeah. Um, I told God... Because I like to do that. You told God. I told, right. God <laughs> I told God I was going to give him a year. Mm. And then I told him I was going to give him a year. And I was going to, I committed to not make any decision about divorce or really our marriage for a year. But in doing that, that meant I was not going to go find a boyfriend, even though I wanted to mm -hmm. badly. Sure. Yeah. I wanted anything to take the pain away. And that seemed like a really good idea, especially because he got to do whatever he wanted for so mm. long. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Okay, great. I can, I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. I'll go find somebody. Um, but I knew ultimately that would not get me what I really wanted. Mm -hmm. So I did not do that. But so that's kind of what I meant. Like, I'm giving you a year. Mm -hmm. I'm giving God a year to work in me. I love it to when work we tell God you. stuff. Yeah. Like, this I know. is what I'm doing. Yeah. And I committed you. to you like a year because yeah. I didn't, I wanted him to go through the process without panicking. Oh, that's good. Because yeah. when he panics, just no. gets screwy. And yep. I wanted us to actually heal and actually just have this be it. And I knew if we rushed it and wanted a, a decision when he came home November 5th, are we staying together or are we not? I knew that we wouldn't fully do the process. You're still giving him grace. You're still offering him help, mm -hmm. even though everything he's done to you in the moment of yeah. your worst part of your life. Which mm -hmm. is God, though, too. That is so powerful to, to hear that, though. Yeah. To say... I don't want to put any more pressure on him, mm -hmm. even though he's laid all the pressure on you. Yeah. You know, there it does take one of us in a relationship mm -hmm. when things are poor. I, I think that needs to be not missed or skipped over. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. It takes one of us to step up and say, okay, I gotta I gotta be extra bold in this moment to, mm -hmm. to keep the wheels going on the bus. That's just yeah. that's yeah. so powerful. Yeah. I just so that was like a practical thing I could do at the time to give us time. And to do the things we needed to do. And it allowed me to not have to try to figure out lawyers and figure out where I'm going to mm. live and all this stuff. Because I have three kids. I wasn't working um, at the... There was like a couple discoveries before that last one that I did get a job. Because I thought, okay, I need to start getting a plan together if he's not going to be serious. Um, so I did have like a very part-time job. But I mean, we weren't going to live on it. So... Um, instead of panicking about all of that, I'm like, right now, this is top priority is his health and safety, my health and safety and our kids. Yeah. And I mean, from there, we just, I mean, I don't know. What's the goals that you guys have though? Like you're working through it together. You, you make in a, in a marriage, like agreements with each other yeah like okay this is what the healing process is going to look like what how are we going to set up transparency and vulnerability and all of those things so that if he slips back or relapses part of recovery yeah right so if he has a relapse how how that's part of i think working together as a marriage what were some of those conversations mm. that yeah. you guys had oh yeah you start <clears throat> so we didn't know a lot of that until after I was already at rehab and that was kind of part of the program is coming up with, you know, you talk about like a relapse prevention plan and like okay. what, what are we going to, a game plan of what am I going to do when I get home month one, month two, Done. month mm -hmm. three through six from the time that I get home to protect myself. Cause it was, it was more self-focused. It wasn't so marriage focused, yeah. but yeah. I think, I think through trying to protect myself. Yeah. Yeah then that's going to automatically affect the marriage. And so we that's stuff that we were able to actually talk about before I left. We got to do okay. a couple of family, um, co not conferences, family meetings mm -hmm. together via Zoom uh, with my therapist and her and myself. And so we were able to talk through some of that. And I think that that was really helpful. We knew that sex was off the table mm -hmm. for a while. We knew that we were doing a sex fest and it was going to be at least this long. And so I, th I think that was a big helper to know that we could just focus on ourselves like mm -hmm. no matter whether we were having a good day 
or a bad day. And if it was a good day, like nobody was like, you know, let's go have sex with each other. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Which sounds crazy that like, you know, through all this, like that, that would still be a thing, but like it is yeah. Yeah. We talk yeah. about like sex band-aids yeah. on yeah. our podcast. Yeah. Like yeah. you just slap a band-aid on it and yeah. it feels a little bit better, but yeah. it's like you don't deal with the inner problem. So yeah. through that relapse prevention plan, our own therapy after I came home and we talk a lot. We, we yeah. talk a lot and we just promised to be super open and vulnerable with each other about like what we need. And, and you have a podcast about it. We have now. a podcast now. So you talk about it We all do the Thanos time. check-ins too. We were doing it, uh, you know, a lot back then of just checking Did in with each other. you say Thanos? No, Thanos. <laughs> Thanos. <laughs> and at the end of this, you and Josh are going to have to do a Thanos check-in with yeah. each other uh, okay. live. Okay. Uh, yeah. Tell so, us about it. What is that? Phanos check-in. It's awesome. It's a check-in that you can do with typically with your spouse, um, nightly or whenever you want to. But it get, it gets an acronym: feelings, affirmations, affirmations, needs, opportunities, and sobriety. So you know, for it gives you a little an opportunity is something that the other person can maybe do a little bit better. Yeah. And they say don't at. do it naked. You have to be clothed. Clothes. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's not supposed to lead to I'm sex. not gonna yeah. I'm probably not gonna focus on it super good. <laughs> yeah. Only her not naked. <laughs> he right. naked? Probably fine. <laughs> She's like, I deal with this. <laughs> right. Please no. I mean one of my I remember one of my biggest things was like I required you to go to a meeting ninety of ninety. You did ninety meetings in ninety days when you got yeah. back. We did not he did not move back home when he got out of rehab. He lived yeah. um with some family. Um, he had a curfew, so like we weren't just hanging out all hours of the night, um, just because we were excited to be back, you know, in yeah. some normalcy. Yeah. Um, you got a sponsor who took care of a lot of like the uh, what do you call it? Just like accountability the, yeah. stuff, yeah. Um, because I couldn't do that anymore. And uh, you still go to group now? Yeah, I did. I did what was on my relapse prevention yeah, plan. Cool. I, I did it and I just kept, kept doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew a weekly meeting, a every morning phone call or, a, you know, 90 yeah. meetings in 90 days. I yeah. found this mo- every morning phone call and I still do it to this day. And it's the same guys that are on there as, you know, when I started, I still go to a weekly meeting. I still go to therapy. Her and I are still talking a lot about it. I still consume recovery material. So consistency and activities that build trust between us yeah have been the biggest how thing. i mean it's going to be his turn to ask a question but i do want to just ask this really quick thing like how good does it feel because we know because we're recovering alcoholics right. right how good does it feel though now to have this burden now that it's all gone you know what i mean like yeah. everything's out in the open right like how amazing does that feel i like that question and i don't like that question <laughs> um so you know like when when I first left, or actually really when I first came back, I remember getting asked that question. I bet you feel so good. Mm-hmm. I bet you feel so amazing. <sighs> and I did partially, but I also had spent the last, you know, 45 days f- going face to face with mm. uh, everything, every way that I've mm. destroyed my life. Mm. And so it's like, I just felt really selfish about feeling like, yeah, I feel way better, but my life is imploded yeah. over here. You're dealing pain by coming clean. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, it's a double-edged sword. Yes, there there's a transparency that is the start to trust. Yeah. And that feels good. Yeah. And it feels like that part of it feels good. And the part of it where it's like, I don't have to hide anything anymore. I don't have to feel like guys, my heart literally almost stopped multiple times. Like Mm. between the amount of energy drinks I was drinking, I was abusing my prescription drugs. I was Mm. chewing tobacco, like all the stimulants, like the anxiety of constantly feeling like I was going to find out like the anxiety of her finding out. Yeah. Like I was just like, all right, I'm, I can feel it skipping beats right now Mm. physically. Like this is it. And so to come back, after 45 days, which doesn't seem like that long, I felt like I was coming. I almost felt like I was getting out of prison in a way. Like that yeah. seems really like that seems like a really big way of saying something kind of small. But it was like I had all this stuff that I could use when I went in. And now I've gotten all these new tools 
and I feel comfortable with them, but I've done it in such a controlled environment. Mm. And now I come out into the real world. Now they hand you your phone back. And here, yeah. Oh, All right, here's your phone back after 45 days. Yeah. You still haven't got to give it to your sponsor yet to get the, the protection and everything on it. And, you know. Got that gap there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, it's really where the rubber meets the road. Am I going to mm-hmm. be, am I going to be serious? Like I've learned a lot of awesome things. I've done a lot of awesome therapy, like during this, this 45 days here, but now what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now what when I start encountering issues at home and when I, you know, yeah. when, when life happens, when temptations happen and triggers happen and yeah. stuff. So it's been, it's been a wild ride. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. 18 months, Hannah, mm-hmm. where's your trust? How's your trust? My trust is a lot better, um, but I don't know that it'll ever be fully there. Like at a ten. How, how do you cope with that? In what ways do you deal with that? Um, I am okay with knowing that no matter what he decides to do, he could relapse tomorrow, mm-hmm. and I would be sad. I'd be really sad, um, but I would be okay. Yeah. I would be okay, yeah. you know. And so, um, my life doesn't begin or end with his recovery. Right. Love that. That's right. And so. I would be sad. You know, I don't want people to be like, oh, well, that's great. But it's like, I can't, I've lived my life like that. And I have decided I'm not going to anymore. So I do trust him. We still have lots of things that come up that we're like, oh, we thought we were past that. And we're not. And so we're like, okay. Or things will happen and we'll be like, that's weird. It's happening now. Mm -hmm. So we'll be like, okay, Lord, what's about to happen that you're getting us ready for it now or trying to help us avoid something that's right. coming up. So we're going to deal with this now. Yep. And sure. so we try is to look at it. Warning? Yeah. Yeah. Like what's, why is this? Are we getting here? a little too lax in some area? Uh, and yeah. like, so we try to view things like that. Like, okay, if, if God's not blessing you with something, he's protecting you from something. Right. And so we're like, okay, we try to really take those things seriously. Uh, so yeah, my trust has grown. I mean, watching him, do a thing and follow through. I mean, yeah. I really didn't think he'd choose rehab. Um, I didn't think he wanted to pick divorce, but I didn't know if he'd leave the kids. Yeah. And six weeks is a long time. It is. So <laughs> it's a long time. I was like, he might not go just because of that. And then he committed to it and he did finish. He did not come home early. Um, he did his 90 meetings in 90 days. It was just these little things that he said he was going to do and he did them. Mm. And I was like, Okay, and I just kind of just kept watching. I'm like, I don't want to hear anything you have to say. Yeah, I've heard words. all of it anyways. Yep. I could I could tell you what you're gonna say. I don't care. So I would just watch, and yeah, it's been growing little by little. Yeah, all the time. Well, let's talk about tools, okay? So let's talk about tools. Your three favorite tools that you guys have at your disposal right now that would probably be really helpful to Fanos. somebody listening. Yeah. Or Fanos, listening. Fanos, checking. Superheroes are always helpful. <laughs> But somebody that's listening or watching, like, what are some good tools? Maybe that helps with trust, helps mm-hmm. with accountability. Like, name your three favorite. I do want to double down on Fano's check-in. I think that was huge because, especially when something has recently happened, you know, and your things are charged up and everything, it gives it gives a format to being able to talk about how where you're actually at, and it gives you a format to think about where you're actually at. You're closing your eyes, like, feelings. How do I feel right now? I yeah. feel anxious i feel happy i feel set you know like all all, and you're using the feelings wheel and using actual feelings that you're not just saying i'm good yeah i feel fine yeah affirmations it's kind of forcing you to give an affirmation to that person to actually look for something good needs what do i need what do i either it can be something like what i need from you or like something i legit literally just need to do today yeah yeah. Uh, it's just it's just needs opportunities um you kind of didn't listen to me very good earlier and that bothered me. And next time I'm trying to pour myself out to you, I'd really appreciate if you were able to just stop and listen and not try to fix it or something. And sobriety, I did my call this morning. I consumed recovery material this morning. I read my Bible. I called my sponsor, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And then so, sobriety though is not just for the addict. It's also for the betrayed as sure. well. Mm-hmm. It, I would yeah. call it like sober-mindedness. What have you done for yourself, for like mm-hmm. self-care? How yeah. have you taken care of yourself that day? Yeah. yeah. And so, I, I so think, Thanos. Yeah, yeah Fa- Thanos. I think Thanos is awesome because it, it just sets a parameter where like when it's done, you just say thank you for sharing, just yeah. like in a 12-step okay. group. Yeah, it's, yeah, like we don't need to fix it. 
I mean, the opportunity you can talk about, but like, it's not. But not till after they're done sharing. It's not like you have to take what they say and then be like, okay, these are all the things I'm going to make right for them. It's just yeah. like sharing, like, okay, thank you for sharing. That's good. Which is a really good tool to also learn how to do. Like, yeah. I'm not going to take all that on. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to let it sit there. And if I yeah. feel like I need to address something, then I can. But hmm. to not have to go into that codependency and then try to fix everything. Yeah. Codependency in and of itself is. I think if you're dealing with someone who's struggling with pornography or uh, like apps or something like that, like the software is super helpful. I know it's not completely perfect, but especially if you get a good one, it does take a lot of that off of your mind. Um, what do you guys use? We use a program called Truple. Oh yeah. Um, it you know it 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 kind of does it all. It will it filters through all like text not text messages only like all text that goes on the screen gotcha. for anything like sexual like device explicit yeah. yeah so any any time that anything's up on the screen it like it's this constantly like eyes looking across the page and it will screenshot every like what you can set it i think mine is set to go off ever between every 30 seconds to every two minutes mm. it will do a screenshot that's just in general. If it detects like anything explicit on the screen, it will screenshot that okay. as well. Right. And then whoever is monitoring that, which it, at first it was Hannah, but that was kind of traumatizing, uh, which I want to talk about that in a second too. Um, so I switched it to my sponsor who monitors that now. And yeah. it's, you know, it's kind of cool because as you look at it from the side of the person who is monitoring the account, it like red flags anything. Sure. It, it can help make it a little more obvious. You don't have to filter yeah. through these thousands of screenshots of you know sure. nothing whatever yeah. people's yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so what, yeah. what else would other than the software what do you think would also be a really good tool that you guys utilize that helps community i mean yeah, i know community. it's not so much a tool but just um i mean i guess it, it is, is. Just a community yeah. find find a group find find a like a you know for for the addicted find a 12-step group uh to be a part of mm-hmm. yeah. um not uh like cushy one either yeah. like one with Tell you people what you want not what you need to yeah, yeah yeah not a cushy one one that's gonna challenge you like you should feel a little bit uncomfortable you should feel a little bit stretched yeah if you're not feeling stretched then you're not growing and um mm-hmm. so it's it's just a waste of time if Is you just go to somewhere community something that you would agree community definitely for me this one's hard for me though because austin did a really good job of consuming a lot of recovery stuff prior yeah and he was yeah. still in full addiction so sometimes it's not the things Honestly, for me, like it is helpful and I've, my tools I've done are, have been super helpful just in my healing, but like just watching, watching him, his responses, like his humility, is he humble? Is he trying to justify? Is he trying to, um, like not deny, but like kind of deflect or is he kind of trying to be like wordy? Like if he gets super wordy, sometimes he'll, he'll still go into it sometimes and he'll be like, wait a second. Like I does it feel like manipulation? I don't like how very this salesy. Yeah. yeah, and I'll be like, I don't know what's going on. And then I'll but have my to red ask. flags are up because yeah. I'm like, why are you talking with so many words? Right. Just tell me what I need to know. So, for for me, watching him do his things has gained trust. But just being like, just finding my voice and my power to be like, I don't care at all about any of that that you're trying to tell me yeah you're trying to do this like weird dance around the thing that i'm talking about i want to know about the thing right and making myself actually follow through with that because that's Mm. been super hard yeah normally i'd let him do that and i don't anymore what i mean we can get to because you said that you wanted to talk about the triple thing with her but what i really wanted our viewers and our listeners to understand too is this was a big deal this wasn't a marriage that was just like oh they're not he goes to work, she's at home and they find out like they were part of celebrate recovery with yeah. us. They, they were on the worship team. He was a worship leader at their church. I mean, they were heavily involved in the Christian community. So this was a big deal for, mm-hmm. for him and them to come together and even decide now at this point, let, let's do a podcast. I mean, let's mm-hmm. broadcast it to more viewers yeah. mm-hmm. to see how much we could help more. Now that we're here, yeah. it, that is a huge thing that God would want you to do, right? Like yeah. his power is made perfect in your weakness. Yeah, that's that's, right. that's the that's things right. that he wants us to do. So it's, it is really good that you guys can take the crucifixion of your marriage mm. and help people with its revival, yeah. you know? And um, so I don't want to downplay. I don't think we did a really good job with actually how, 
involved they were in so many things, you know, while Austin was doing all of these things. And then it was more like, it felt more public, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it was, it was really public. And it's like, I, I appreciate what you said because it is very hard to constantly feel like we are crucifying our marriage. It's, I mean, everything that I have done has been shameful and um, guilt-filled and, all, you know, all of that. It's not been something I'm just, like, super proud of that right. that I did. And not only by the activities that I did, but the destruction that I caused to our mm-hmm. marriage. So mm-hmm. it's very hard at times to want to be remain humble and, yeah. you know, just be openly, blatantly yeah. honest with people. Yeah. But... We just, I kind of ask myself often, like, who who could help a recovering sex addict better than somebody who's <laughs> been through it? Who could re- help a wife who's going through betrayal trauma better than a wife who's gone through a severe yeah. amount of betrayal trauma? Yeah. And that's actually what I wanted to touch on from the Trupal thing. You know, I was talking about the PTSD around her having to be the one. Any, anytime something would get flagged, because sometimes it will flag things that, come up on the screen that doesn't actually don't have like any. Facebook. It's Mark Zuckerberg. Ex- like yeah. flagging. Exactly. It's like, it doesn't, <laughs> yeah. it's like, there's no sexual nature to it at all for whatever reason. Yeah. The AI inside of the app, you know, flagged it. And Fact so checker. stomach drops. Exactly. Oh exactly. my gosh. Oh, yeah. First thing when she wakes up in the morning, you yeah. have a new email, you know, from Trupal. Um, so she had a kind of a trigger just for me calling her the other day. Cause yeah. I never call Absolutely. her. Never. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, why the crap is Christy calling me? And yeah. so that's my point. Exactly. It's just to talk about like, betrayal trauma ptsd i don't want all the focus to just be on like the activities that i've done only there is a whole other side of that coin where Mm -hmm. it has to do with what my actions have caused and Mm -hmm. what you've had to go through and like yeah you've been mad and angry and like you know wanted to get even or like like all of that but there's a whole different level of hurt and trauma that's Mm -hmm. there too that I'm sure a lot of people who've been affected by this have felt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you've had to be, be raising three small children yeah. during all of this as yeah. well, two of which are boys, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. I'm sure that you guys want to talk about or have talked about in your marriage what that's going to look like Absolutely. as your boys get older because they are, yeah. we experienced it with our boys. They are going to get curious and sure. they're going to yeah. start looking at Bornhub <clears throat> or doing things yeah. that they shouldn't be doing. Yeah. So, cause we need, I'm sure then to make sure that it's not a trigger for him right. when those things come up right. too. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, we do believe in generational chains and bondage too. Yeah. And we, yeah. that's something that we've talked about a lot. Just like it can end here. It like it, yeah. it can end here. Like they're still going to make their own choices. Mm. They're still yep. going to do what they mm. are yep. going to do. But as far as like generational curses, like we can, we can break that. Mm-hmm. And that has been something that mm-hmm. I've come back to time and time again, as I, as I, you know, I think about them and not only about my boys, but about Margot and whoever yeah. she ends up marrying someday. Yeah. It's like, yeah. that can end here. Yeah. Like God says that, that, that doesn't have to keep going. Yeah. No, we, you know, it, the word legacy gets brought up a lot, even, even yeah. in the church, you know, and, Legacy sometimes is a word thrown around, but I think legacy really is allowing Jesus to work through us in such a way that it impacts generations below mm. us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that is our legacy, right? right? If we allow us to be vulnerable enough mm-hmm. and actually dig in and allow God to work on these items in our lives, and then that's going to trickle down and impact our children in ways that are only going to impact their children mm-hmm. and their children's Absolutely. children. And that to me is legacy. Yeah. yeah. That to me is legacy. For sure. We always said that too, like, when we decided to stay married, it was like, well, then it's not going to be just for us. Yeah. Or even our kids, because this is like, in so many ways, would have been easier to leave. Like, there are still a lot of repercussions that we're walking through that are not healed yet. And Mm. so, um, like, a lot of my life could be better different if I was not here. And so, it's like, if I'm choosing this harder path... Believing ultimately it to be good, then it's not just going to be for us. Yeah. So good. Yeah. But that's just a hard think, thing to decide. <laughs> what we lose sight of, though, is the 30 years from now mm-hmm. or the 50 years from now. And you're speaking of generations and what that takes for you guys now to be so open about it. 
you know, to continue to talk about it, give it a voice. Josh and I just shared our testimonies a couple weeks ago about it. And one of the things I said about mine that's so important is embrace the suck. Embrace Mm -hmm. your story. Mm -hmm. You have to be Mm -hmm. confident. It's your story. It happened. And Mm -hmm. we have to be confident in that Mm -hmm. and the journey that we're on. And you guys thinking 20 years from now, 30 years from now, breaking generational curses, it we forget it so easily about grandkids and great grandkids mm-hmm. and all of those things. Yeah. And the impact from you guys staying together, mm-hmm. that could cause uh, a Christianity mm. to ripple through your grandkids and right. your kids yeah. and all of that, to see the strength of and the healing redemption of God mm. in the middle of the marriage when you decide to do the hard thing. Mm. Right. You know, divorce, Josh and I talk about it a lot. We're, we're divorced. We're, we're remarried. God wouldn't want it us to have to get divorced you know we shouldn't have gotten divorces you know this is where we are now and the fact that you guys are choosing what god would want you to do Mm -hmm. and allow him to heal your marriage and you guys are the ones that have to put the hard work in Mm -hmm. the trust and just feeling like a child a little bit i'm sure yeah you know with your phone and all of that stuff but submitting Mm -hmm. yourselves and your marriage over to god is huge Huge, yeah. and that's generational. Yeah, yeah. that's generational. Uh, that's what, absolutely. That's what changes lives. Yeah, is that. Yeah. yeah, it's a big part why we want to have you guys on because this is a topic like we mentioned in the beginning that we don't get to talk about much. No, the world doesn't talk about it much, much less the Christian community. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like we don't want to talk about those things. It's like but taboo. If, yeah, it is sure. taboo. But if you look at a lot of the leaders, a lot of the Christian leaders, ninety-nine percent of them that fall from their yeah. own grace is because of sexual sin. Right. Yeah. And it's such a it's such a, a you can't smell it on your breath. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, yeah. it's something you can hide, you mm-hmm. know, so but it's something that impacts you in such a deep level that it just leaves catastrophic damage yeah. uh, mm-hmm. to the people that you care about the most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to watch, you know, that you guys are trying to take this and and mold it into something that God can use. Right. Yeah. Is where the true value in your marriage is really going to shine yeah. through this, you know, yeah. being vulnerable, being open and honest. I mean, how, how is your starting your podcast is brand new for you guys. Right. And I yeah. know it was a scary thing to start, but how do you feel like it's impacted you guys as a couple doing it? It's therapeutic. It is. And we'll think of things that we want to talk about or, uh, we'll go back in time sometimes. Like, remember how we felt when this, and like, we'll want to talk about it again and really just keep talking about it like Mm. we we say a lot on our podcast like a lot of women I talk to are like my husband refuses to talk about this with me Mm -hmm. like I found this we've talked about it the one time I found it and he's like okay I'm not doing it anymore like what's the problem right and I say all the time like we talk about it all the time yeah I never stop talking about it like I might like we'll talk about an instance and I'll be like, okay, like good, we talked about it. And then something will come into my mind, and I'll be like, and another thing. It's it's like a different layer, though. It's not yeah. like yeah. you're not beating a dead horse. No, it's, it's like, like another the thing, thing. The thing exactly. And it's like you know, you're every time you talk about it, you're going deeper. So you're not you're not like beating me up every single time. No, and you're I'm not, not beating ever me yelling. up at all. Yeah, I don't. It's not like, about that. Yell or like, uh, it's honestly, it's my goal in bringing it up, and this should be your goal when bringing it up is for healing. It's not right. to bring more shame or whatever. Yeah. If you're angry, yeah, that's fine, but you're going to have a sponsor for that, uh, a group for that, your therapist, mm. um, your trusted Because you have to heal too. Yeah. So yeah. like I do have, I am angry, but like that's not going to heal this. So if I need clarity on something, I'm going to ask him and I don't yeah. care. I don't What's care beautiful about it. about it though is, and I don't want to minimize what happened in your marriage, but I knew Josh when I was 18 and some of the things he did back then with girlfriends he had and things like that. And then me being molested growing up and having um, some bad relationships too growing up when him and I got together, I had huge trust issues because I knew the type of person he used to be. Mm-hmm. So I think it is very therapeutic and helps build trust, especially with women, yeah. because we are going to say, Oh, yeah, well, what about that then? And we sometimes are scared or fearful to bring it up because we don't want you guys to feel like we're beating a dead horse. But we also need to be reassured, too, Mm -hmm. and know that you're allowing to build that trust with us and allowing to ask the questions. And I know he always said, I'd rather you ask me 
and get it out of the way, yeah. then have it faster, and then yeah, it spirals, sure. yes. and then it grows into it this attaches huge to thing. everything else. Yes. 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 And will. then I'm questioning every single thing, little thing he's done. So I think it's very important that yeah. you guys talk about that. And I think it's a good point that Hannah is saying, is I'm not bringing it up to bring you more shame or yeah. to make you feel worse. I'm trying to heal too, yeah. and I need to ask this question so I can put it out of my mind. Yeah. And you he know? does a really good job like of making space for that he'll stop whatever he's doing at the time. So it'll happen at random times. And yeah. that's, that's, I it's think like just grief, part of the though. PTSD yeah, and the grief, like your brain yeah. can only handle what it can handle at the time. Yeah. And then a week later up from the event, you're like, okay. And then a year later you're like, okay, like you, can you, you can take yeah. more impact yeah. of it. But mm-hmm. if you got it all at once, like Lisa Turker says, like you would die. Right. <laughs> like if yeah. you got all of it at once. <laughs> yeah. It's true though. So your brain will only do what it can do at the time. And yeah. so, there will be things we talk about, and he always gives me space to to talk about it. And if he can't, then he'll say like, "But I want, I, think I want to let's revisit it like after the kids are in bed." I think that's the Holy Spirit though too, because yeah. when sure. people first get saved, God doesn't reveal to us ever and convict us of every single thing that we have to change in our lives, yeah. or we would die. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's like the Holy Spirit reveals to us or convicts us about cussing at different times in our journey, or about watching inappropriate movies that has nudity in it, mm-hmm. or about yeah. I don't know, just certain things. And so I think that's the Holy Spirit too. Like, hey, this is, I'm only going to reveal or allow you to think certain things at certain times because you wouldn't be able to handle it. Yeah, You know, know, I always told Christine, I mean, she kind of alluded to it, but even in our relationship, I know that she knew me before. And so coming into this relationship, I'm like, I, you come to me, you talk to me anytime that you have a feeling of yeah. insecurity and it's real easy. And I know the world does this by nature. Like your insecurity shouldn't be my problem. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an unhealthy way to look at yeah. marriage in a totality. For sure. Even if you're not, even if you remove the sexual addiction from it, I yeah. think in marriage in general, we have to learn how to embrace our spouse and have some grace when yeah. it comes to insecurities. Telling your spouse they shouldn't have an insecurity is not a way to help them get over their insecurity. Right. Right. right? Right. That's not how it works, but having an open door concept is something that's going to help you guys' marriage grow even deeper and yeah, stronger. Yeah, like the, I'm not doing it anymore. No which is yeah. a tool that came from something that was really bad, you know? Yeah. And I yeah. think that's yeah. some great things that actually can make you guys have such a deeper level of intimacy. Maybe not 18 months, you know, yeah. but maybe five years, 10 years. Yeah. You know, you will have this like full trust, this whole feeling of like, I don't have to worry about. I get goosebumps right. even saying that. Yeah. yeah. Because I believe that's how God does things with yeah. us. He yeah. gives us opportunities that are struggle. It's not the good times where we grow. Yeah. It's that's the hard true. times, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're not out of the weeds like we think we should be, but we grow into something that is so amazing. Mm-hmm. We become this bright star yeah. of what God wants to shine through us, you know? And so, you know, we talked a little bit about faith with you, about how mm-hmm. faith really carried you into the journey you're in now. But how does faith apply? You grew up in the church. And I did. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but, yeah. um, you know, you, you grew up in the church and... Uh, can you, though? How can <laughs> I can make it pretty quick. <laughs> how, how does faith play a can role for else? Austin in this? In, share, in, in group share, you normally get like a minute or so to oh, share. Okay. So you get... We'll you gotta, you. You gotta, <laughs> we're, all, we're all pretty talking. Ready, set, go. Back on the table. Yeah, I was raised in church. My dad was a pastor. Um, my mom and dad both loved me, and I think that they both did uh, as good of a job as they could. There was a lot of outside influences that kind of affected where I ended up at, Mm -hmm. you know, um, as far as my faith goes though, I was saved and baptized when I was five, fast forward all the way through adulthood. I was always being the pastor's kid. You, you learn to kind of be whatever everybody else wants you to be, um, having room for your own your own emotions and your own feelings wasn't really um, allowed or appropriate. Sure. Um, so after not getting what you need through expressing your emotions, mm-hmm. you learn very quickly, I get what I need and want when I don't express my emotions yeah. or when I don't yeah. um, be who I really am. And so you yeah. learn very quickly to uh, be this thing. Yeah. Be this thing. Sure. But there's a... a a pain that is underlying and a there's an urge to just numb out all of these things that you're trying to withhold Mm -hmm. all of these things like if i I can't i can't let any of this out these emotions these feelings this shame this guilt i'm just going to numb it out and so that's kind of where you know between my faith and my addiction where those things kind of begin to start mixing fast forward to discovery day 2021 
September 17th, 2021. All of that happened. Didn't really have any place to, to stay or live. I had a, a friend at the time who I was able to, to go and stay with. And I remember going to stay at their house. I was driving out there. It was, uh, it was like, it was after midnight. I was in the Walmart parking lot and I just, I was so broken. I knew that this was so broken and I, I just asked God, I'm like, God, I feel like I've never, ever been actually saved. Mm. I've never actually followed you. And I, I do believe that. I feel like I was very good at faking it and putting on the mask sure. and going to be whatever anybody else wanted me to be. I knew the lingo. I know what to say. I know what the Bible says. But mm. to actually have a relationship with God that mm. meant anything to me yeah. was not a not a real thing. Mm. And I, I got saved on that night just by myself in my truck. And um, that was September 19th. And I'm... Ever since then, and especially over the next couple of weeks at the ranch, when I was the rehab center rehab, I was at, yeah. when when I was dealing with like this surrender, you know, trying to, to give this surrender over, oh. there was multiple times where like I, I didn't hear like the audible voice of God, but I just felt the sense of like, yeah. I can do it way better than you can do it. Yeah. yeah, I can handle this thing way better than you can handle this thing. Yeah. I can take care of them better than you can take care of them. Mm, mm, mm. So just let me have it. And it was like this, I still have this like picture that I feel like God gave me in that moment. It was like roots being ripped out of the ground. Yeah. And you know, like when you're like pulling a weed out of the ground and you feel the, the roots are like ripping like individually, it felt like that. I felt like he was like ripping this old life away from me not like i was like miraculously healed like in the moment and it sure, was sure. never tempted but just like it felt like that physically if i could like put a picture to what i was feeling it was like this part of me was slowly being ripped away and i could feel it like plink 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 like every yeah. little root that was breaking in that time and like little by little the same thing the same thing over and over again of just like that surrendering process and it's like you know maybe maybe i believed that god was my savior for a long time but i never believe that he was my lord i never yeah. i never treated him like he was my lord mm-hmm. and and worshiped him and truly acted like like i like i want to be like the man that i want to be it just reminds me of that song standing in your presence lord i can feel you digging all my roots up yeah 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 i can feel you healing all my wounds up yeah. and it just reminds mm-hmm. me of that song mm-hmm. yeah when he was saying that yeah mm-hmm. yeah so a piece of advice hannah to mm-hmm. women that are dealing with this what would be your single piece of advice? Oh my gosh, the single piece. You got to give us one though. <coughs> yeah, I know there's man. a lot. Yeah, man, no we're pressure. at 56 minutes. Yeah, it's all good. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> um, if you are a woman of faith, you've got to hand that over to God. Mm. Like, in so many ways, you will also go through the 12 steps mm-hmm. with Him in your own way. And that surrendering of, because some women will go hyper, like, I'm going to control, you know, I'm going to control everything he does, and I'm going to make sure I never feel this again, because I'm going to know everything he's doing. And you won't get to do that. Yeah. Um, it, and it won't do the thing you want it to do. It won't be the result that you want. So really confront it. Don't run from it. I'm not saying that. Um, you need to confront the things that are going on in your marriage that are not God honoring. Um, you need to get community. You need to be in a good church. You need to find a good Christian therapist. Um, and you need to just hand him over to God. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you need to just watch. You need to not keep. I mean, you can keep talking about it, but you've got to give him some time. It's going to take some time. I we didn't find out, and he went to rehab and like. Within three days, we're having all these really great conversations. Yeah. We didn't have contact in rehab. Mm-hmm. So, like, we did a lot of growing on our own where we could not speak. Yeah. We could not, even if we wanted to talk, and we wanted to. Some days I was like, if, I, if he had a phone <laughs> right now. Because he got to go to Tennessee. He's out of state. I'm home with three kids and a family unit that is feeling all sorts of emotions yeah. that I get the brunt of because he's not here to take it. Mm-hmm. So I, so that's all my advice. <laughs> that's one. That's, that's, really, that's yeah. one. It's it was one, one big lump. It was a package. Yeah. <laughs> points. Pray, pray, pray. Yeah. Get in good community, good church, good friends. Don't share more than you want to. Yeah. I think that's our one of our biggest things is like, I'm going to just share everything. And, and you do need like one or two really strong women you can. But... 
I would not go blast it online. I would not go yeah. blast it to everybody. I wouldn't call his job. I wouldn't call. That's good. That's good advice. Yeah. Try, try to stay in your mind, even though it's really, really hard at the time. Love it. Yeah. Final thoughts? I wanted to have, what about Austin? Yeah, I will. Oh, me. Yeah. You're letting the women go first. Mm. Dang. Yeah. Uh, no, I basically interrupted and sh- asked all the stuff and okay. reminded the stuff that <laughs> I wanted to do. I it was. I wanted to make sure that we unpacked just not all of it, but I wanted to make sure it was honored, like the whole story. Like yeah. he is a pastor's kid and mm-hmm. he does know who God is or you know, did growing up and they were heavily involved in church just because you go to church. I love the masks people wear at church Mm -hmm. because just because all the people that sit next to you in the pews or chairs, if your church is modern now, um, doesn't mean that they have their own crap together. They don't, you know, they're, they're struggling with things. Even on stage, people don't have their crap together, you know? And so we have to, Jesus would offer grace. Yeah. Austin and Hannah would be the woman crawling up just to touch his robe. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's that's how we all should be. Mm-hmm. We touch God, we're healed, yeah. we give it over to him. And that's the kind of desperation we we should have for Jesus. We shouldn't get caught up in our own feelings. It's hurtful. Mm-hmm. It's agonizing. It's traumatizing. But we make the hard decisions and give it over to God and we commit to doing the hard stuff. We do truly get blessed in have so much joy and peace and we are so small minded because Mm -hmm. 10 years from now, 20 years from now, they're going to have the best marriage and the rest of us are going to be looking at them saying, how did you do it? And they're going to say, well, I'm on my third divorce and it's still not working. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Seriously. Well, we stuck it through with all this stuff. Did you do that? No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's good. Austin, one piece of advice. You can package it, I guess, like your wife did if you want. I'm definitely going to package it. I'm going <laughs> to package so it for sure. <laughs> so I'm going to put it under the title, though, of like just absolute brutal honesty mm. with yourself. The statistic right now is that 85% of church-going people view porn at least once monthly. Wow. 85%. And that is not all men. It's a humongous sure. problem for women as well. Yeah. yeah. It's very easy to say, well, I did it last week, but I didn't do it this week. Or I've only done it a couple of times this week. You need to just be really brutally honest with yourself and have a conversation with yourself and probably with somebody else Mm -hmm. and say, hey, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Because ourself and our own minds is never is never the best thing to base like what the truth off of yeah. what the base what the truth is there was a saying that we had at, at rehab that was like first thought wrong mm-hmm. every first thought that i have pop into my head we're gonna assume that that one's wrong yeah. so we're gonna go on to the to the, to the <laughs> next one we should always i honestly had to bounce thoughts off of Hannah, off of you. Yeah. Josh, you've been riding this journey out for a long time mm-hmm. with me. Josh is my sponsor. Yeah. So, and I, I call, didn't know a lot of this story. So, just like, <laughs> but know, I would call Josh and be like, sponsor? Yeah. I, I didn't. I, I didn't. <laughs> well, he's that's good. He's a good yep. sponsor. Thank yep. you, Josh. He, he is. He doesn't tell me jack crap. <laughs> so, but I would call Josh or Hannah and be like, like, hey, should I? stop at this gas station before I go home today. Mm-hmm. Like simple, simple little things yeah. because you're relearning how to reprogram your brain to actually make good thoughts. Even trust still, mm-hmm. even still to this day, I, I still have problems learning to retrust myself. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Is that safe? Mm-hmm. But now that I'm being honest with myself, I'm able to actually ask myself that question and I'm able to, to ask myself, mm, was that the right motive? Mm-hmm. Did you sure. actually have the right motive when you asked Hannah how she was doing, or did you just want her to think that you really cared about her That's a lot? So true. Or you know what's yeah. so brutal, absolute honesty Love and it. like, okay, I did this thing. I kind of want to do it again. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not in like full blown addiction, but I kind of feel the ball starting to want to roll that way. Let's not do that. Mm-hmm. Let's not wait till we're roll like the boulder rolling down a mountain. Let's just let's ask somebody. Let's put some some parameters in place. Let's get some community in place of other like minded people that can mm-hmm. push you forward yeah. and that can help you grow. Like she said, the community, um, the just being authentic and honestly yourself, but just the, the brutal honesty is the one Love it. The one advice I would say that is so uncomfortable. If you're not uncomfortable, then you're not being yeah. brutal. And I honest. do want to say, so I didn't want to share earlier because I didn't know if you wanted to share, but I knew 
I did know that Josh was a sponsor. Okay, that's something I did know. So that's why Hannah freaked out when I called her, what I alluded to earlier, because yeah. she answered the phone, mm-hmm. and she's like, oh my gosh, I didn't know if that was something that Josh and Austin had worked out. Like, if something happened that was a fail-safe that you would call me, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm being brought into it now. Yeah. So much pressure, you know, yeah. like yeah. type of thing. Yeah, you would have texted her first and been like, I'm going to call you, but it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> right. everything's fine. Yeah. I know. Yeah, now I, I know. I now I know the rules yeah. of engagement. You know? That's right. <laughs> No alarm bells are sounding right now. <laughs> yes, for sure. The yeah. world's not burning yeah. down. Yeah. But that shows the PTSD, you know, yeah. Yeah, the drama definitely. that yeah. happens the impa- from the that impact too. of it. So, yeah. first off, thank you guys for being thank super you. vulnerable, yes. and open, and sharing your yes. story and your lives. And allowing you know how us hard in. that is. Yeah. And allowing us and everybody else that's here. Uh, we want to let everybody know that if you want to contact or connect with Hannah and Austin and you guys' podcast, Hannah, let everybody know. What's the name of the podcast? Where where do you guys where do you guys go and when how often do you guys post? Okay, so we post every Monday on Apple and Spotify and YouTube. Uh, no, not YouTube. Not right YouTube. Now. Okay. Because we don't do video, so it's just podcast. Uh every Monday. For now. Fully known podcast the fully known podcast. Yeah, the fully known podcast. The fully known podcast. We're fully known pod at Instagram. So there no the, but fully known pod on Instagram. And the, the podcast, fully known podcast, the fully known podcast. If you're gonna, just going to search Apple, it Spotify, Apple. if you follow the Instagram page, Hannah puts the links out there every week or our, our link trees right on there. So you can find us. Yep. We post every Monday, new every episode. Monday. Is it okay if people reach out to you? Is it yeah. okay that yeah. people can reach we out? We have an connect? email too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. fully known pod at gmail.com yeah. and topics, people do questions, recommendations. Yep. We are not therapists. Uh, we've paid for a lot of therapy though. So <laughs> been through a lot. F- oh my gosh. So, tens of thousands of dollars. What, of what, is, what is the email again? Slower though. <laughs> the the email is fully known pod at gmail.com. Okay. You can also send a message on Instagram. Um, and Hannah will get that. Yep, I do. Get and that. I do respond. And I do yeah. always say, like, thank you for sharing your story. Or even uh, Facebook, like, Hannah Sutherland, people will message me. And I'm just like, it's it's freeing to tell your story to, to someone who you know has gone through it. Because there yeah. is so much shame as a wife. Like, we'll just have sex important. more and yeah, he'll be sure. fine. And it's just not And I know I could speak for them. Because I know that it's the same for us. We get a lot of people that reach out to us about blended families and the hardships that they're going through. Anybody that's ever reached out to us, and I'm sure anybody that reaches out to them, we pray for you guys. Like, there's so much power in prayer. And just sharing your story with strangers, just in trying to get some form of encouragement and stuff is really, really important. Mm Mm-hmm. So I want to read this real quick. Somebody just said, The Conquer Series is a great program that deals with sex addiction. I started attending the group at a church nearby. Mm. It helped so much, and I have been porn-free for three-plus years. Wow. Fantastic. Congratulations. Is that program? Um, I think so. Okay. I can't remember. I think we've heard of that. Yeah. Thank heard you good for things. sharing that. Thank yeah, you so thank much. You. These yeah. are the things that we need to be talking about. So yeah. I want to thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you so much for uh, being transparent. Thank you. And thank yeah. you for being our friends. We love you guys. And thank no you uh, for being on here. So I tell much. Hannah all the time, she's one of the prettiest women I've ever seen in my life. I agree. Um, all the time. I it's agree. So nice. I do. I do <laughs> tell you so that nice. all the time. No offense, but I disagree. So. <laughs> <laughs> Rude. Sorry, <laughs> right. I'll keep it to myself. That's right. As you should. All right, guys. Thank you so much thank for being you. here. Yep. Thank you for being here. You can find us every single Tuesday live at 7 p.m. And we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.